Christ Church. I'm Melissa Hill. We have our e-bulletin available online with links to our connect form and website. You can access this by opening the camera app on your iPhone or Android device and pointing it at the QR code on the screen. If you are new with us today, we are so glad you've joined us. Please connect with us by going to presschurch.tv or snapping the QR code with your device and clicking on the I'm new link. This is not a commitment to anything, but an opportunity for us to support you and thank you for joining us. Press Youth will be meeting tonight, 6 to 7.30 p.m. at our PAL campus. This is an amazing opportunity for our youth to connect with each other and learn more about God. Woven, our weekly women's Bible study, is meeting tomorrow night at 7 p.m. If you're interested in joining or for additional information, please contact Krista Hoffman at cfhoffman at yahoo.com. Our men's Bible study, Men of Courage, meets every Tuesday at 6 p.m. And if you're interested in joining or have any questions, please contact Jason Allison at jason.allison at presschurch.tv. Each Monday night from 6 to 8.15 p.m., we partner with the Dream Center in Delaware to deliver groceries to families in need. We build relationships with these families and grow in our own faith as we serve others. You can volunteer once or twice a month or even weekly. To find out how you can participate, please contact Pastor Jason at jason.allison at presschurch.tv. If you would like to join Press Church in making a difference in this community, there are four ways you can support us financially. If you are visiting a campus in person, there is a box by the back exit of the worship center where you can drop your support as you leave. If you would prefer to send a check, please send it to 8794 Big Bear Avenue, Powell, Ohio, 43065. The easiest way to give is by visiting our website or by texting any amount to the number 84321. Let's celebrate everything God has given us and support the community both locally and globally. Now let's prepare to engage what God has for us today. Well, good morning and welcome to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee and I'm the lead pastor here. Uh, it's so good to be with you guys on this cold March day, right? Everyone's, we're not surprised. I told you guys, this is just gonna, this is gonna keep happening. Next March and April, there's gonna be cold days. Don't be surprised. Don't write about it on Facebook or social media. Um, I know you will, somebody will. I don't know why I say that. So, uh, before I jump into the new series today, I want to give you guys an update. Um, a couple of weeks ago, probably about two or three weeks ago now, um, Pastor Jason came out and let you guys know of some of the things happening over in Ukraine and how uh, our, one of our partners, Converge, uh, is helping to support what's going over there. And I just want to give you guys an update. An update. I had gotten an email uh, from Converge, and they said in the first week they were, they were able to raise over $70,000 that were able to go towards uh, supporting both churches and organizations in there, uh, in Ukraine and even outside of Ukraine. They said in the last couple of weeks, they've seen uh, over 1.4 million people go into Poland and some of the surrounding areas. Um, and so I just want to let you guys know, if you are interested in helping or doing something and you're not sure what, uh, there is a link to this Ukrainian relief fund that we um, are partnering with Converge in. It's in the, the weekly email. And so if that is something that you guys are interested in helping support, this is a great way. 100% of the money goes directly to uh, people over there helping and doing things. And so I just want to let you guys know uh, and remind you guys of that and just to continue praying for those pastors and churches that, that we're connected with. Uh, I can't. I can't imagine, obviously, what they're going through, and it's amazing uh, the things that they're hearing, the ways that they're able to share the gospel with people. People are coming to faith because of this. 
um, it's just, it's, it's humbling to, to see somebody, to see people in such pain and, and hurt uh, and seeing God move in that. And so I just want to let you guys know and give a little update with that. The other thing, um, Easter's coming up, right? Easter's coming up. We've got some uh, invite cards out on the information table. So if you guys are the type of people that like taking information or taking information, taking cards and handing them out. We've got some printed cards that you can hand out to people, people who need communities, people who need to hear the love of God in their life. So, so be inviting people, not only to Easter, but just church in general. Be inviting people to your house, get to know people in your neighborhood, uh, spread the love of God in your life. All right, noise, new series noise. Who's got some noise in their life? Anybody got some noise in their life? A lot of us have noise, it's everywhere, right? So many voices, so many things going on. And so as we start the series, I want, I, I wanna, I want us to, to be on the same page as far as terms, right? So the first thing, noise. This is, this is the generic definition of noise, all right? Random fluctuations that obscure or do not contain meaningful data or information. So that's, if you look it up, that's, that's the definition of noise. Now the, the definition that we are gonna work off of for this series is this. The voice of evil that distorts what God is telling you to do. The voice of you. You think about that, you know, just in the general sense of noise, this fluctuations that obscure. The devil wants nothing more than to obscure the voice of God in your life. He wants nothing more than for you to be confused, for you to not know what to do, for you to think you're doing the right thing. Uh, and so as we work through this series, Noise, that's what we're going to be working through, the premise that this noise is the voice of evil that distorts what God is telling us to do. So as we work forward, obviously, Pastor CR, Pastor Jason, we got in the car this week and we started talking about noise. Let's watch this video. So, uh... We're talking about noise. Leverage. No. <laughs> we're done with that. We don't have to think about we're not leverage anymore. <laughs> now, now we're going to think about noise. We can't use that word anymore. <laughs> noise. Yes, we could. That's right. <laughs> so this noise thing, um, we're really talking about a voice in opposition to God, right? Yeah. We're talking about that we automatically think what noise is in our life. We think of it as just general distractions, things on the news, things that make us worry, yeah. things that make us fear, whatever. Which and, can be that. Or, you know, or common things that we view as problems, which is causing our society not to operate the way that we want it to. Right. We're thinking of noise in that way. And that's not what we're where we're going with this series. We're talking about noise being the voice that's in opposition to God and that injects itself into our everyday life. I think that's the that's the the push for this series is identifying what truth may be noise, <laughs> right? But just noise in general. What is distracting you? What is uh, taking you away from what God is really? speaking to you and what wants for you and we we tend to do this thing where we we get in routines we we like to just again we talk about formulas we get we get the formula we get that this is the right thing to do and we don't think through uh and we don't include god in what's happening and i think that's the a big part of this thing with with noise i mean some people celebrate lent a lot of the big thing with lent is getting away from some of these other distractions, distractions. Mm -hmm. um but for us, it's, it's, it's more than just getting away from the distractions. It's truly looking at 
the the voice or the truth or what is what is leading us in our lives mm-hmm. what is the voice that's leading you in your life yeah I think we could say it like this okay so we do these sermon series and we always come up with these titles sometimes they're a little abstract right so we're trying yeah. to say noise in terms of you know what we're talking about with voices in opposition to God most people when they hear the word noise they're thinking like static or background you know a, a, a certain amount of just garbly gook in the background right <laughs> garbly gook there's a that's the, that's the technical tec- that's the technical so uh real term. we're so we're obviously we're not saying that, that that noise is those things we're saying noise is this voice in opposition to God's will right? right and okay so you hear that but you're like yeah I don't know I'm trying to live a regular life here I'm just like doing my thing and I've got my family and my job and everything's you know complicated with all of that and you're telling me about this abstract concept of noise well <laughs> let's break it down in those things which are very challenging marriages children relationships with other people your job all of these things are very complex they're 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 challenging and when you're you're doing those things what are you tapping into as you go throughout your daily walk with those things right. you know well yeah the, the question is like what's your source of truth in that right how do you hear what, it yeah what is you know, how you hear it what's your foundational what's the foundational truth you are working from so the idea of all this is how do we recognize that voice mm-hmm. in the midst of all of the noise how do we see the, the noise that is opposing God how does it come out so that we can recognize it and deal with it how do we recognize and deal with it you know it's funny um, I was telling a few people this morning that I was just anybody just like wake up on the wrong side of the bed I know that's a dumb question of course we all we just get up and you just feel off so I just felt off this morning, and it was funny because I, in, in preparing this message, I was, I was really excited. I'm like, this is, this is good stuff. There's some really good stuff in here. And I get up, and I'm like, and it's, it's funny, you know, it's, it's dawning on me as I'm, as I'm listening to the words of our video and thinking about what I'm talking about today. I'm like, this is for me today. I need this today. Because I'm working out of something in my own head. I'm having distractions in my own head. And I'm like, all the devil wants to do is keep me from talking about this. All Satan wants is for me to feel self-conscious about what I've talked, what I'm, what I've written down to talk about today. And so, wherever you are today, you may be feeling that same thing. You may be feeling like you're not enough, that you don't have it, that you don't have it together, that you don't have what you need, and that's that's just that's just a lie. It's just a lie. So, as we dig in today, um, some of you may know this. I actually uh, used to work in the music field. I was a recording engineer, I mixed music, I mastered music, I worked with bands, um, did all sorts. I did that for about 12 years. Uh, CR used to do it as well. We worked together for many years. And so when we're doing this series with noise, I'm like, man, there's so many illustrations that I, that I want to pull out. But they're all just like really nerdy illustrations, and I'm like, you guys are just going to be bored. So instead of like telling you like nerdy illustrations, I was thinking about like an actual thing that happened in the studio. I remember when I first started working in the studio, um, CR and I were working together, and he, he was like, hey, I want you to track this band. He was like, hey, track, track, track these. So I was like, oh, geez, uh, okay. So I'm going, and I'm, like, recording this stuff. And, you know, I'm like, oh, this sounds great. Everything's good. And I remember I, I tracked all this stuff. You know, we it's probably vocals or something. We tracked these vocals, and CR comes back in, and he's listening to He's like, nah, that's not going to work. And I'm like, 
oh, man. Like, you think, you think it's good, right? You're like, you're doing something, you think it's good. And I was like, oh, this sounds great. And he comes in and is like, nope, not going to work. Man. And I, and I was thinking through that, and it's, it's amazing how so many times in our lives we're, we're doing something, right? And we're think, we think we're doing it well. We think we're doing it good. But we have to learn. We miss the fact that we just, we don't know what we don't know, right? I didn't know that I couldn't hear certain things about that vocal performance that made it bad. I didn't know that in order to get a good vocal performance that I wanted to actually hear these other things. And, and most of us, we wouldn't know this. We just, we don't, we don't hear it. We haven't been trained to hear it. And I, you know, when Jason asked that question at the end of the video, how do we recognize it and deal with it, I thought of that. Like, I thought I was hearing correctly. I thought I was, I thought I knew what I wanted to hear. But I had to be trained in that. I, I actually had to work at hearing what a good vocal take was. I had to know what to listen for to, to make it sound right. I mean, most of us, you know, we hear a song, and we're like, okay, we, we listen to it, it's just whatever. You, you may not pick up on all the little nuances, the little, little things in this, in this side of the, the ear. If you hear, listen on, listen on headphones, it's a great way to listen. You hear all these little details. Oh, I didn't notice that. There's this little, like, bell that happens in this song. It's like there's all these little things, but you have to be trained. You don't just, you don't just hear about that. And so as we talk about noise, that's the thing. We, we want to train ourselves to know how... How does the devil attack us? Where are the places that we get attacked? Where are the places that we just aren't hearing properly? And how do we recognize that? So if you do have your Bibles with you, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 4. The story that we're going to be uh, working through today is a story where Jesus is um, out in the desert for 40 days. Uh, and so we're going we're gonna to look and dig into this together. It starts in verse 1, chapter 4, verse 1. It says this. It says, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Makes sense. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he says, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. One of the first things that, that I thought of when I was reading through this passage is that very first line that the spirit led Jesus to be tempted by the devil. Like, interesting. It's an interesting way of putting it. Like, is that, is that truly what it is? Am I, am I reading this in a weird way? Because I don't know if you guys know, in James chapter 1, this verse says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. So is Scripture going against itself? And so I started to dig into this a little bit. 
in, the, in this temptation, this word temptation, I, and I found the, the Greek word is parazo. I'm not a big Greek scholar, just, but the word's parazo, and what it means is there's, there's two meanings for it. One is to test for the purpose of ascertaining quality, to show basically how one will think and behave, and the other is to solicit to sin, to tempt. So you've got this tempting versus testing. And it's like two, two sides of the same coin. Is it I'm being tempted or I'm being tested? And the, and the way I see this is temptations are evil ploys to lure one into going against God's will. Whereas testing is not malicious in nature, but it's designed to refine and to prove something. And so the way that I've been thinking about this is this, and I have a slide for it, is the devil's hope is that it's a temptation that leads to sin. Whereas God's hope is that it's a test to prove. And so as we're working through recognizing and dealing with the noise, we have to be aware of how closely, you know, something good can be for us, but also how that same thing can also cause us so much trouble. And we see this in, in this temptation. It's like, am I being tempted or am I being tested? And do I know the difference? And so hopefully we can work through that of like, I, I, I can see it as a test to prove, to grow, to be refined, where I can also see it as this is an opportunity for me to, to sin, to go against what God wants for me, to sin, to go against what God wants. And we see that when the enemy attacks, he, he just, you notice in that verse, you know, he's, he's seemingly speaking truth. He said, for it is written, quote in scripture, right? For it is written, and the other part of it, he's, he's asking him to do some things that aren't inherently sinful. He tells, turn stone into bread. It sounds good to me. I'm hungry. What's so bad about that? He distorts the truth. And today we're going to look at how the truth is distorted in our life. How the enemy distorts truth in our life. So the first distortion is this. He distorts identity. The first distortion, he distorts identity. When he was with Jesus, I don't think he was as much trying to get Jesus to doubt his identity. I mean, he's, he's God. He knows, he knows who he is. But he's, he's pushing him to misuse his divinity. All right? It's not that you don't know that you're God. It's he wants him to misuse it. He says, write this, if you are the son, if you are the son... Tell this stone to turn to bread. I think of it like the bully in high school. If you're so tough, why don't you prove it? It's like he's just he's egging you on, right? He's trying to elicit a response. Come on. Come on, Jesus. Show us. If you're really this, you say you're this. Prove it. For us, embracing your identity is a foundational element in our relationship with God. We talk about this a lot. We say it. Embrace your identity in Christ. That's what we hope to do. We hope to help you embrace your identity in Christ. And what is that? What's, what's our identity in Christ? It's rooted in love. For God so loved the world. It's rooted, our identity in Christ is first rooted in the fact that he loves us. He loves you. He showed it to you. For God so loved the world, he, he did what? He sent Jesus. But the other side of this, acknowledging 
our identity, recognizing, embracing our identity, is the fact that we have to acknowledge and recognize our, our need. We, we need God. Scripture says, you know, all have sinned, fallen short, right? There's a, there's a need there. So the devil says, you are not loved, you are not worth it. Anybody feel that? We all feel that. I'm not worth it. I'm not good enough. Nobody loves me. I don't matter. We've all heard these lies. We all tell it. We, we, we fight it all the time. You're not loved. Whereas, what does scripture say? For God so loved, he's telling you something that's not true. He's distorting this. The other thing he says, you can do it on your own. You're fine. You can do it on your own. You got this. You don't need help. Again, all have sinned, fallen short. We need, we need this. I can't do this on my own. I can't be good enough. The, my, my best is filthy rags. God, I need you. And yet, the lies that we hear, you got this. You don't need anybody else. You're strong enough. Just, just do it. You don't need God. That's for, that's for weak people. God is for weak people who can't handle life. They need something to support them. You don't need God. John 8 references, uh, Jesus refer references the devil as the father of lies. He's going to attack your sense of self. He's going to attack your sense of who you are and your purpose and what you're supposed to do and who you are. He's going to attack all that don't give in. Don't rely on yourself. Saying you can do it on your own, that's not, it's not true. You're going you're gonna to continue to say, you're going to continue to feel like you need something else. I mean, it's so funny. I hear story after story of people who it's like they, they, they're striving for something and they're doing it on their own. And they may reach a certain, certain level. And then they get there and it's like, mm, it's not enough. I need something else. And when you don't, when you don't know who you are in Christ, you're going to continue to strive to fill that void. You're going to continue to strive to find yourself in other things. And God's saying, it's in me. It's in my love for you. It's in, it's in what I gave for you. So when we see this attack of our identity, when we see this attack of who we are, see it as an opportunity to refine your character and reliance on God. We think about this testing versus temptation. See it as a test to say, God, I need you. I need you. So one, he distorts identity. Two, he distorts need. What does he do in verse 3? You need this. You're hungry. Anyone notice it's usually when we're at our weakest that we're attacked the most? I'm thinking about Jesus out there, hungry. That's a low blow, right? Go, go, go to the store when you're hungry. You're like, oh, I don't need to buy that. <laughs> I really shouldn't buy that. Think about Jesus. 40 days, no food. Satan comes, hey, why don't you just turn that into a piece of bread? That sounds really good. That's low, man. Attacking the stomach. We know when we're hungry, man. It's like you just, you got it, you got to eat. What is that? Is that Burger King or McDonald's? Got to eat? Something like that? Just make some food. You can do it. You have the power to do it. If you're the son of God, just do it. And he distorts need. What did Jesus say? It's not by bread alone, but the word of God. 
The issue with this distortion of need is that it misplaces what we put our reliance in. When we think about our needs, what it does is this distortion of our needs, it misplaces where, our, where we put our reliance in, what we put our reliance in. Again, it's going to that identity thing I talked about. You don't need God. You think you can do it on your own. So when we find ourselves thinking this way, I think about the, what, what comes with it. If I think I don't need God, what am I going to do? How am I going to treat other people? It's, it's this, this, this pattern of, I've got it, I don't need you, I don't need God, I don't need anybody else. It's very self, very self, uh, not self-fulfilling, but it's a self-focus. And if all of us are focused on ourselves, what are we doing? We're not thinking of others. We're not thinking about the person next to us. We're not thinking about how God wants to use us because, well, I'm not even thinking about God. I don't need him. When our need is found outside of Christ, we will circumvent his will for our lives in favor of fulfilling what we think we need. I'm going to say that again. When our need is found outside of Christ, we'll circumvent his will in favor of fulfilling what we think we need. So what do I think I need? I need a better job. I need a car. I need a house. I need to look a certain way. I need a certain type of clothing. I need stuff. I need to look like I have it together. And all of our effort and all of our energy and all of our time is just focused on that. The issue, here's the thing. Getting nice things isn't the issue. Having money isn't the issue. Working for a promotion is not the issue. The, the problem is, and our whole premise of the series, is that the no, this noise, this premise of noise, the devil does not want you to follow God's will. So when, when your point, the focus is on this stuff over here, this, this need, we are now saying, God, I don't, I don't care about your will for my life. I want this. So if we can focus on God, if we can focus on what he wants, then we know that what he is going to have for us, his purpose, his will, is better than all of this other stuff. Now the, the job that you have can be, we talked about leverage last series, can be leveraged not just for you, but for other people. If you're in the will of God, you know that this, there's a purpose to this just beyond me being comfortable or just beyond me having what I want. My need is not found in this job. Yeah, it's great. God, I'm thankful that it's here right now. But my identity is not wrapped up in it. My need is not wrapped up in it. I don't have to focus on what the enemy is saying I need. I'm going to focus on God. What do you say I need? What do you want me to have? What should I be striving for? So he distorts identity. He distorts need. And lastly, he distorts purpose. In verse 9, all this I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. If you think about this, he's, he's trying to give Jesus something that ultimately Jesus is going to get in fulfilling his mission. He's like, hey, I can give this to you. And, and Jesus knew this isn't the way. This is not the way to get this. This is not the right, this isn't the path. But think about that. Jesus knowing, Jesus knew what he was coming to do. Jesus knew what was, what was, what was about to happen. 
Can you imagine knowing that you were going to go through that pain and go through that suffering? And then there's this, this little thing. Well, here, here's the easy way out. Just worship me. You don't have to go through that. I can give this to you. And he's distorting the whole purpose of what Jesus is there to do. Jesus isn't there to bow down to, to, the, to Satan. His purpose there is to come and die and raise again for us. To show his love, to show how much he loves us. To show how much he cares, to say, you know what? You need me. You can't do this on your own. I am here for you. And obviously, we aren't Jesus, we aren't God, we weren't sent here to die for the sins of the world, but we do have a purpose. And it's funny, this question of purpose, so many of, I ask it myself all the time, what's my purpose? I'm sure you've asked that before. What is my purpose? What am I here for? And unfortunately, if we think about this, we usually in thinking about purpose, the question ends up being more like, how am I supposed to make money and live. My purpose is more tied to a job. What am I supposed to do? Not necessarily what's my purpose. What am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to have this job, make this kind of money? And that's the thing when we think about purpose, it's just, it's, it's more about, well, we think about first time you meet somebody, what do you ask them? What do you do? Our purpose is defined by your job, right? Well, you know, if you got a good job, it's great. Well, I'm, you know, CEO of this cool business, or I manage these people, or I do this, or I'm part of this cool organization, or whatever. And now our purpose has been minimized to just how you make money. Your purpose isn't in what, how you make money. Your value isn't how you, well you make money, or how well you get by. But yet, that's how it's been distorted. The devil wants nothing more than for you to find your purpose and identity just in what you do. And now, because it's in what you do and how well you do it, it's, it's all about, well, if I'm not good enough, then I'm, I'm no good. If I lose my job, I'm worthless. If I don't have that top position. And so this distortion of purpose is, is so deep to all of us because we want to be important. We want to be special. We want to have we want to have purpose. We want to be meaningful in our life. And this is where, you know, again, it's like it's going back to listening to God. What does God want you to do? I used to work in the music industry. I used to do audio. I still talked about Jesus, still love Jesus, and that's where he had me. That was the obedient place in my life. Now, for some reason, he wants me to be a pastor, and I'm sitting here in front of you talking and I'm gonna do it to the best of my ability. I don't define my life as a pastor. I didn't define my life as an audio engineer. I'm Sean, I love Jesus. I wanna do God's will in my life the best that I can. And the devil wants nothing more than for us to question our purpose and our worth and our identity and our need. And the thing is, in going after this purpose, you know, a lot of us, we're trying to, we're trying to hide against uh, things we're afraid of. We're trying to keep ourselves from feeling pain. 
And that's usually where, you know, most of us start. I don't want to feel this way, and so I'm going to make more money, or I don't want to be in this position, and so I'm going to do X, Y, and Z so I don't have to be in this position. And it's scary to say, God, I trust your will, because it might not be the same path that you think you're supposed to be on right now. And that's a scary place to be. Because most of us, we, we've insulated ourselves to where we don't feel those pains, we don't feel those, those tensions. And we're just going to do what we want, we're going to work hard, we're going to get where we want to go, and that's that. And then we'll go to church and say, yeah, God, you're good, but I've got a good plan, and I think it's better than what you have for me, and so I'm just going to keep doing this. And the, the struggle here is, too, a lot of times when you're in the will of God, you, you seem to have more tensions, I don't know if you felt that before, where you, where you did the, the right thing or you did the thing that you felt God was calling you to do and you, you actually had more struggle. What do you do with that? Because that's the thing. When we think about it, our purpose in life isn't to avoid struggle. It's not to avoid pain. It's often going to be uncomfortable. But here's the thing. There's a big but. Am I allowed to say that? There's a big but. But, here's the deal. God promises us something. In all of this, in struggling through all of this stuff, our identity, our purpose, our need, God promises us his Holy Spirit. You're not alone. Do you ever feel alone? You're not. You're not alone. God knows what you're going through. God knows the, the struggle. God knows the tension. God knows all of it. And you're not alone. John 14, 16 and 17 says this, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of what? Truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him and he lives with you and will be in you. The spirit of truth. We're talking about noise. We're talking about a distortion of truth. We're talking about the enemy wanting you to go against the will of God in your life. And, and Jesus is going, you have an advocate. You have a helper. You have the Holy Spirit. It's the spirit of God that guides us through. So I don't know where you're at today. I only know where I'm at today and the struggles that I have, the times that I have to you know, face the lies in my own life, the lies that what I'm saying doesn't matter. And I know you're facing lies in your life too. But I also know that God has sent his Holy Spirit to be in our lives and to help us with what? The truth, the spirit of truth. Be in prayer be reading the word, be reading your, the Bible, get around people who are gonna encourage you, let the spirit of God lead you and guide you. When there's noise, rely on the spirit to lead you and remind you one, remind you where your identity comes from, remind you who supplies your needs, and three, rely on who gives you purpose. Band, you can, you can come up and start playing. Identity, need, and purpose. These are three places that we all, we all feel it, right? 
We all feel it. No one in here is void of those tensions or those struggles. And God is saying, I've got the truth. Rely on me. Let me lead you. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you for the ways that you are leading and guiding us, God. And, and in times of trial or temptation, we, we pray that your truth would speak loudly so that when we are feeling those tensions in our life, that we can rely on your truth and they can be a, a test to prove our character, a test to prove our reliance on you and test to prove our faith in you. And that wherever you have us, God, that you are there. We are not alone. We know that you love us. We know that our need is found in you. We know that you have our best, God. That your purposes go beyond what we can even think and I pray that we would continue to, to, to just let a little bit more over to you, God. Whatever that is, maybe it's just, whatever that step is, God, I pray that we would take that step, letting a little bit more over, trusting you a little more, knowing, God, that you, you have our best.